this week we have jumped from chapter 1 all the way up to chapter 11. We're going to read verses 1 through 15 of Numbers 11. So let's stand as we read uh, these scripture and uh, try to find the way that God is speaking to them to apply to our lives today. Soon the people began to complain about their hardship, and the Lord heard everything they said. Then the Lord's anger blazed against them, and he sent a fire to rage among them, and he destroyed some of the people in the outskirts of the camp. Then the people screamed to Moses for help, and when he prayed to the Lord, the fire stopped. After that, the area was known as Tabera, which means the place of burning, because fire from the Lord had burned among them there. Then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt. And the people of Israel also began to complain. Oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. We remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. And we had all the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic we wanted. But now our appetites are gone. Are we ever, all we ever see is this manna. The manna looked like small crander seeds, and it was pale yellow like gum resin. The people would go out, gather it from the ground. They made flour by grinding it with hand mills and pounding it in mortars. Then they boiled it in a pot and made it into flat cakes. These cakes tasted like pastries baked with olive oil. The manna came down on the camp with the dew during the night. Moses heard all the families standing in the doorways of their tents whining, and the Lord became extremely angry. Moses was also very ag aggravated. And Moses said to the Lord, Why are you treating me, your servant, so harshly? Have mercy on me. What did I do to deserve the burden of all these people? Did I give birth to them? Did I bring them into the world? Why did you tell me to carry them on my arms like a mother carries a nursing baby? How can I carry them to the land you swore to give their ancestors? Where am I supposed to get meat for all these people? They keep whining to me saying, give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. The load is far too heavy. If this is how you intend to treat me, just go ahead and kill me. Do me a favor and spare me this misery. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we're grateful for your word and what it means to our life. God, we know that the book of Numbers has so many challenges. Lord, but, Lord, there's also so many dreams that you placed in your people. And, Lord, just as you've placed dreams inside of their hearts and inside of their minds back then, you've placed dreams inside of people here at Bethesda. And, God, let us don't ever grow to that place where we complain more than we praise. Lord, that we never uh, just ask for more when we're not content with what you've already given us, God. Help us to become faithful to you in all we do. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. This book of the Bible, Numbers, is an amazing, amazing book. It tells about, if you really wanted to put it into uh, how we would term it today, it would be like a census. It's where God would number people the people of Israel to know and keep track and Moses would see how many warriors he had and how many people and how many uh, individuals were in each family in each camp throughout uh, the regions as they would travel through the wilderness. Sure we go on a camping trip every August for one weekend. It's a lot of fun. 
we have a lot of fun. We do a lot of different things. From Some people go golfing. Some people go fishing. Some people go drowned in the swimming pool. Some people, I mean, there's a little bit of everything. It's, it's all good, ain't it? The, I mean, er, everything's on the table. You can just do whatever you want. It's a fun time. Um, but this, this camping experience is something that it would grow old pretty fast. One weekend is fun. It's kind of an enjoyment to get away from, from the norm and, and get out there and just be away from it all. It's kind of like a vacation. Amy's on staycation this week, and she's uh, seen where her and the kids have done a lot of things and enjoying, and, and Mary and Bubba went down south here just recently, and, and we went away down to Tennessee here just a few weeks ago. So a vacation is a good thing. It's good to get away. But it's a whole other thing to be on a camping trip that keeps on going. It doesn't stop. And the fun wears off pretty fast. It's kind of like that in our lives. Amen? Whenever life begins to seem repetitious or it seems that the same things are happening, that it's, it's just the uh, same old thing week after week and month after month and year after year, it seems stale is the word I can come to mind. And in those moments of where it seems stale, there's something that we need to endure those things, those times, those seasons. And the word I want us to imagine today and think about today is the word patience. Look at your neighbor and say, you need some patience. <laughs> That's something we all need. Peter said, add to your faith, uh, patience, and to patience, uh, these other things. And he said, keep adding things to your life. And, and we should be adding uh, uh, different aspects and different virtues from God. The older we get in God, the older we become as a Christian, the more we should have the characteristics of God. One amen. I said, the older we are as a Christian, the longer we've been in our faith, the more we should be like God. We shouldn't stay the same 25 years later after becoming born again and be the same person we was that day. There should be growth. It should be attainable. And it's not something that's just, it's, it's so far out there that you can't obtain it because God keeps it simple. Amen? He keeps it simple because we're simple. We're a pretty simple-minded bunch. I truly believe that. I don't know if you believe that about yourself, but I believe it about myself. I look around and see some people sometimes, and I'm thinking, how did they ever, were they ever able, able to obtain that? How did they ever go on and achieve that? It's because they, they thought their way through it. They didn't just stay in the place they was at. They dreamed a little. They opened up their mind and said, maybe God's bigger than my little finite mind, and I don't understand what's going on in society. I don't understand all these things, the troubles, the affliction, it's the pain, the suffering, the sorrow, the things that's happening in our world today. I don't understand it, but what if God would open up our minds and let us see the way he sees? What if we would grow in our faith that where we've seen? i tell you what the world needs today. It's some patience. Be slow to give an answer. The Bible says lay hands suddenly on no man. How many Pentecostal churches do you know of that, that they'll lay hands on every person that comes up in front of the church? They'll walk throughout the crowd and lay hands on everybody in the crowd. When the Bible specifically says be slow and lay hands not suddenly on any man. 
Sometimes we practice what we practice because that's what we've always practiced. But what if we went back and truly looked at the Word of God and said, sometimes maybe there's a reason. Maybe we need to understand. Maybe we just need patience. And if we prayed that prayer for everybody that comes in our contact or in our, our small little world that we exist in, if everybody that had trouble or affliction or pain or sorrow, if we looked at everyone and said, well, all you need is a little bit of patience, they'd get sick of us pretty fast. Love endures all things. Love conquers all things. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The, the verse we like the best is, is the end of it, where it says, Now faith, hope, and abide, uh, love abides, and the greatest of these is love. We, we like that verse of that, but what about other places where it tells us that love is patient? What is patience? I think it's akin to enduring. Amen? We can pray for the storm to blow over fast, but what if it's a storm that's going to water the garden and cause the fruit to grow that we want to eat later on? Amen? We don't like the storms, but what about that? if it's a drought, it's the other option? I'd rather have the storm, wouldn't you? So if we look at God and we have things going on in our life, what we need to pray for is patience. Look at your neighbor and say, you need patience. You don't seem very settled, amen? You, you don't seem like you're ready to endure anything. You don't seem like you're, you're ready to go on and, and to, to, to meet the challenges that's facing you today and say that I want to just live in this and I want to make the most of the moment that I'm living in right now. If we live my life day by day the way God tells us to, Jesus told us, you know, don't, don't worry about tomorrow. If the birds of the air have, have, have uh, if God feeds them and supplies the nutrients they need and he, he gives them the twigs to build their nest and they have a place and, and we're so much more cared by God than those birds. Don't have thoughts about tomorrow. Think about today. Amen. What opportunities have you missed this past week because of your impatience? Because you wasn't able to abide and dwell in the moment and thank God for what you was dealing with. And say, God, I know this seems like a struggle for me, but I know there's a reason. I know there's a purpose. I know there's a plan. And your ways are higher than my ways. And I can't figure it out. But God, I trust you. Amen. 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 Patience. What should we do with patience? It's kind of like... A family that gets in a car that takes off on vacation. And nowadays it's a lot better than old times, sure. I've watched the Holly Hob, what is it? Hop Noodles. And I've watched all these family vacation movies, you know. And about all of them is the like in the fact that the minute they get in the car, about two minutes later, there's usually a little whiny kid in the back seat. What do they always say on vacation? Are we there yet? <laughs> you know what that's a sign of? Those words are a sign of impatience. They're not patient. They're not looking forward to the results of enduring this pain of the drive to gain the benefits of the ocean. 
They're not thinking about this five-hour drive that I'm, I'm spending. I'm enduring this pain right now. I'm sitting in one place. I'm stuck in this one little seat, and I'm wrapped up by this belt, and it seems like it isn't, isn't a fun place to be. But if I endure this for five hours, I can be standing in the Smoky Mountains and looking at God's glory and seeing the things that he has created and resting in him. If I will endure but for a season, I will I have an abundance of happiness afterwards. What are you willing to endure now in this moment to have a future of being blessed? I don't know the situation in every person's life in this room, but I do know this, that hard times come. Amen. Every person in this room, if you're not, having, if you're not in the moment right now having a hard time, you've probably just come out of a hard time or you're fixing to go into a hard time. Can somebody say amen? amen? If you've lived life long enough, you'll see that and you'll recognize that, that there's seasons, that it comes in seasons. And if we endure those seasons, we'll know that even though, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. The, the story of Job, where that Job had all these afflictions, all these sorrows because the devil wanted to sift him as wheat, just as he did Peter. If the devil wanted to kill their dreams, he wants to kill your dreams. If he wants to kill what their purpose was in life, he wants to kill your purpose. He don't want you to have a destiny with God. He don't want you to accomplish things in life. He don't want you to be successful. But I believe that God has a plan. Amen? These children of Israel that were out here in the middle of this wilderness, they were on a camping trip that went a little longer than they thought it should have. Amen? Kind of like the kids in the seat. Yeah. Are we there yet? I, I've been in this place long enough. I've been riding, you know you know what, Dad, Earl? You don't even make it to Maysville by the time they start. You're like, we, we got 10 more hours to go, and we ain't even 30 minutes in, and you're going to start complaining now? Amen? That's yeah. what these children of Israel did. They were just getting started on the trip. And, and they were so blessed because God had already provided. They got to the Red Sea, and when they got there, and, and Egypt's army was coming up behind them, they was going to kill them, and God opened up the sea, and they walked across on dry ground. Amen. That's a miracle. How many miracles do we have happen in our life that we don't recognize, that, that we don't remain thankful for them because they happened yesterday? Amen. These children of Israel had miracles happen. God brought them out of Egypt with a mighty right arm, the, the Bible declares. He brought them out. He, sa he saved them from the affliction of their slavery, of their bondage, of the things that was holding them back from the destiny God had planned for them. They stayed in Egypt too long. But you know why they was in Egypt? Because they chose to stay there. Their forefathers had chose to stay there. It was for a season, amen, this right, Ernie? It was for a season where Abraham was in the land that God, per, he, he told Abraham, this is the land that I have given you. Everywhere your foot shall tread, I'll give it to you. And Abraham trucked all over Israel, the nation that's still there today. And Abraham walked all over that ground. It was promised to him. And if God promises you, amen. 
If God promises you some ground in your life, if he promises you a place of blessing in your life, it isn't a place that we need to abandon and say, I'm going to go down here because it looks better on the other side. Amen. Go to the place he has promised you. Abide in the place of, of the blessing. But Abraham, he was there and it became a famine. And you know the story how his sons, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then whenever Jacob gets there in the place of blessing, Jacob has all his 12 sons. And they go down into Egypt and they buy and they begin to see the abundance in Egypt. And Joseph, you know the story of Joseph. And whenever it all happens, that they come down there to dwell. They come down there to take, partake of the blessing of another ground. When God promised them to stay in Israel. And they got down there and they partook. And it come a time where that the famine was over that they should have went back home. And they decided to stay. He said, it's just too good here. I think I'll just stay here. I would guarantee that there's so many Christians on the face of the earth today that live in a place where that they think it's more comfortable in some foreign land of a place that God didn't intend for them to be. Is there any Christians in here that will say, Amen, that's me. Sometimes I will enjoy the comfort, even though I know it's a place that God's telling me, get back to where I told you to go. Get back to the place I promised you. I'll stay in comfort because it's easier. But I can tell you this, the same way it was bondage for them, it was slavery for them, the place of comfort that you try to dwell, that you try to stay in, will become slavery for you too. Does anybody believe that? So as they leave this ground and God brings them out 400 years later, he brings them out of, of, the, of the nation of Egypt and he's going to take them back to the place he promised them, to the place he created them to dwell in to the promised land as he takes them back and says, come back with me on the journey when they're just camping for a few days. They begin to remember how good it was in Egypt and they forget God. There's some people when they get saved, they look back and say, my life was better before because hard times come. And when I become a Christian, I thought, you know, that that just done away with all my sorrow, all the pain, all the troubles, that there would be no more anxiety or fear or any other things that would, would plague my life after I become a Christian. But once I become a Christian, a short season of joy was there. Amen. A short season of, of, of just blessing. It just seemed like I was riding on cloud nine. But what happens when the storm comes, church? Amen. Amen. To Christians, when the storm comes to your life, what are you going to do? When it seems like you're in a place, even though God's providing you with manna to keep you alive, to sustain you, is that good enough? When we become whiners like these people in this story. We say, God, that's not good enough. You're supplying me with this stuff out in the middle of a desert, and he's keeping you alive, and that's not good enough? I, I'm not pointing fingers at you because I'm right here in the mix. Look at your neighbor and say, are you whining much? <laughs> Any whiners in the room? Any crybabies? Any little snotty-nosed brats? <laughs> I think it's all of us. We're just like these children of Israel. And whenever they're there whining and they're saying, you know, you're keeping me alive, God, but that's not really good enough. I would, I, these stupid cakes we're eating every morning, 
I like cake. Don't you like cake? Brindley made cake up mom's yesterday. It was a, what's it called? Rainbow chip. I think it's birthday cake. I don't know. But Leslie calls it rainbow chip. So it's rainbow chips, what it is, I'll tell you. So Brindley made one of these cakes yesterday. And uh, we was at mom and dad's and we ate a little bit. You know, whenever you're eating, uh, mom and them won't let Brindley have cake until she ate, eats her food. You know, she got to eat all, all of her food on the plate before she gets her cake. I'm pretty blessed because I'm an adult. So I get my cake and I eat it while I'm eating. Amen? Have you ever had something like a, a one of them uh, sausages things, whatever they are, kraut? I don't like kraut, but the sausage part of it, that's good. Amen? It's good. Kraut's no good. The sausage is good. Everybody else in here likes kraut, apparently. So you're looking at me like I'm crazy. So I was eat, eating this stuff, and I love something sour like that, and then getting a big old slab of cake and putting it right on top of it. It's just like it dissolves in your mouth. It's awesome. I'm glad I'm not a kid anymore. But Brantley, she ate her, she's over eating her hot dog, and Leslie told her, you know, you got to hurry up and eat all your hot dog, or whatever that is, a sausage. And you got to eat all that, and then you'll get a cake. She's like, okay, and she started eating real fast, and finally she, she choked it all down. She had her mouth plumb full. She's like, grab my cake. <laughs> so Leslie goes in and gets Brantley a piece of cake. And she had worked really hard on making this cake, I'm sure. You know, she's, how old is she, five, six? I'd say she worked really hard on making this cake. So all the pain of baking the cake, Karen's good at making cakes. Right, Leslie? No? Okay. So um, Brandley made this cake, and, and she was wanting it. She's really desiring that cake, you know. She's really wanting that cake, Ernie. And as she got down with her hot dog, here she is inside. And she gets this piece of cake, and she comes out on the porch. She's sitting right there beside of me. And she looked, and she was just taking a bite out, and she said, well, she's, this is the best cake ever. She was just savoring the moment of that cake. It's like, this is the best cake ever. I had to endure that hot dog. I have to have patience throughout the time of eating that sausage. Old, nasty, sour thing. But when I get my hot dog done, I get some cake. This is the best cake ever. She didn't say it's the best sausage ever. The best cake ever. Good things come to those who wait. I really believe that God blesses those that endure. I love this verse, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. I'm going to read it from this different version here. New Living. We do not want you to become lazy. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be lazy. Come on now. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be lazy. <laughs> the lazy boy was designed for a season. It wasn't designed to live your whole life in. Come on, somebody. 
The lazy boy wasn't designed for your lifetime. It was divinely designed for a season. Earl? Earl's got such a nice couch. You, anybody ever been to Earl's house? You need to go over to Earl and Amy's if you ain't never been. Not this week. They're on vacation. Don't go this week. But sometime go to Amy and Earl's house because their couch, Earl apparently has become so lazy that he couldn't even pull the lever on his lazy boy to kick the feet out. It's got an electric button on it. It's an electric recliner. Everybody say, that's lazy. <laughs> Poor Earl. It's nice, though. I kind of like it. It's cool. It's a cool couch. But the thing is, wherever you get up, it doesn't go down real fast. It goes real slow. It's going back down. Apparently, don't want you to get in a hurry or anything. You know, Don't strain yourself pushing the bottom back in because, oh, hit the button. It'll like this. Pretty awesome. Everybody say, don't be lazy. Society doesn't need to be lazy. Amen? Society should be a society that works for the benefit of all. But to those... Imitate those who through faith, everybody say you need to have faith. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know that verse, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But here we are in chapter 6. And it says, but through faith and patience, inherit what was promised. I don't know what God has placed in your mind. I don't know what promises he's made to you. I don't know what dreams or ambitions you have for this life. But I'm here to tell you today, if you will have patience in the moment of now, there will be a time where you obtain the promised land. These children of Israel were whiners, were complainers, and they didn't have the patience. And it went on that you're, if you don't like a two-week camping trip, God will turn it into 40 years on you. Amen? If you don't like two weeks, 40 years ain't going to be a bit of fun. And what if you truly, every time your kid complained and said, Daddy, are we there yet? You'd say, we're taking a back road. It's going to be an hour longer now. Every time you say, are we there yet, I'm going to take another back road, and we're going to get there an hour later. It's going to take that much longer. How long would it take us to learn? I need to shut up. Amen? What if God is doing us that way? And every time we complain, it makes our journey that much longer. Amen? That's what the word is. Their journey became longer because of their complaining. It's time to stop complaining and start practicing patience. Little patience. Let's stand. Everybody here, just bow your head and close your eyes. I want to ask if there's anyone here today, nobody looking around, nobody trying to figure out what everybody else is doing. I want you just to reflect on yourself. And I want you just to pray right now that the Holy Spirit would show you what this message is for you today. Maybe you've been going through a hard time here lately. And you haven't endured it with patience. And you feel like it's dragged on too long. 
and you're wanting to make a change today and the Holy Spirit is saying to you stop complaining and start practicing patience the Bible says that he that endures to the end shall be saved There may be people in this room today that will say, Pastor Ben, this message that spoke to me today, that the, that the Holy Spirit is speaking to me to stop being lazy. That he's instructing me to get off of my comfort zone, to get out of my, my comfort that I live in every day. And he's asked me to reach out and start doing things that he's called me to do. That I'm to reach out and help my neighbor that I can make phone calls to check on people when they're struggling, when they're hurting, and I can be a, a aid during their time, during that storm in their life, and I can help through the Holy Spirit's provision. There may be other people here today that says, Pastor Ben, I just feel like the Holy Spirit's speaking to me. Then I need to quit being so negative. Then I need to thank God for what he's done today. Nobody looking around. I just want to raise of hands right now. Is there anybody here that will say, Pastor Ben, I want you to pray for me because the Holy Spirit is speaking to me today to change some things. Is there anybody here? Raise your hand. The Holy Spirit's working on you and saying, it's time to move forward, to get out of that comfort zone, that I need some patience. Is there anybody here to raise your hand and say, I need some patience today? Patience is what I need. Thank you, Spirit of God. You can put your hands down. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I know that your word is true. And God, just as you were helping these children of Israel during the struggles of their life, during these hard times, Lord, that you were there with them, that you were making provision. Lord, I pray today, Lord, as your word is establishing us, that it's, 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 uh, it's going before us and it's preparing a way before us, Lord, that there comes a time where we need patience. And God, sometimes we need things that we can't do ourselves. So today I ask you, God, help every person in this room that raised their hand, Lord, that needs patience, Lord, that needs some positivity in their life. Lord, I pray that you would provide that for them. Lord, that you would equip them to be able to change their mindset. That they could do what you've called them to do. Help us to obtain the promised land. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody says, Amen.